Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the podcast from Secret Golf. Hi, I'm Diane Knox-Bayless and I'll be joined by Steve Elkington shortly. Well, we're on to the final full event of the PGA Tour year with the RSM Classic. Off to Sea Island in Georgia, gorgeous place, not far from where I live. So I'm going to head up there on Friday for the weekend. But yeah, it's always lovely. The weather forecast looks perfect, chilly up perfect and we're gonna see the guys taking on the seaside course and the plantation course so coming up on the podcast today well we're gonna give you our tour report for the rsm classic looking at both the courses stat breakdown and then giving you our top picks uh, we have some interesting ones today elk's been pulling it out of the bag with the dark horses although it was my guy who was the star last week um, but i won't say any more about that right now because we will go into it in just a little while now houston open was won by Jason Kolkrak. I'm sure you've seen it on our social media. We've been very excited about it. Jason is part of the Secret Golf team and that was his third win in only 13 months. So we talk about it today. We're going to be joined by him and he is going to be telling us about a little bit of a funk that he got into after his second round. Starting round three, he was 10 shots off the lead actually and he tells us what really was the catalyst for the good golf also gives so much credit to his caddy D-Rob always has and uh, there's some great stories about this roller coaster tournament for the two of them so Jason Kograk on the podcast we'll hear from him shortly but Elk first of all hello and well apart from the Hero World Challenge and the Shark Shootout this is the final event of the year had a lot of talk to a lot of players this week. They are ready for this season to be over, Diane, even though, you know, it's very, you know, Jason Kokrak, our own one yesterday, he's won three times in the last 13th months, scattered across two seasons on the tour. And it's confusing. You say, we well, won twice last year, but it was actually this year. And now this is a new year, you know. It, it, so the players are a little bit exhausted. This is another opportunity. This course is a different setup than we saw at the Houston tournament this this last week. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. No length required this week, so it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So the tournament is the RSM Classic, and we're off to Sea Island in Georgia. It's not far from where I live in Jacksonville, about an hour and a half drive. So I'm going to head up at the end of the week and two 
beautiful courses, the seaside course and the plantation course. So the guys will play the plantation course once, either Thursday or Friday. But Robert Streb won it last year. We're going to dive into his stats. He beat Kevin Kisner in a playoff. So already with those two names, you're seeing that it backs up what you say. Distance is not going to be a factor this week. But we're going to get into that. We're going to give you all of our picks. But first, we have to go back to the Houston Open last week, Elk, because it was such an exciting week for you. You were so busy. You were playing in the Pro-Am. You were doing lots of things, catching up with our players. One of them, who you spent a lot of time with during the week, Jason Kokrak, went on to win and you got to see it. I did. Yeah, Kokrak is, you know, favored by my son, Sam. Sam's been following him for like 10 years since he first came on tour. Maybe it's not even that long, eight years. Uh, so Sam was following Jason all week. Um, you know, yesterday when we went out to the golf course, I got there a little early and sat with Jason uh, while he was hitting balls. And we were talking about, you know, his opportunity yesterday. And he was, I, you know, I don't know if I would have said, you know, that I think I'm going to win today. But he sort of was thinking about winning. Of course, he should be. But and there was a sort of a um, a feeling about Jason Kokrak by other people in the field. A lot of tour officials that I had had up to my house during the week felt like this course was going to suit Jason Kokrak. So off I went, Diane, on Sunday. I went and followed him for the first nine. And he played, he's played really well. The course is really difficult. And that has a lot to do with how I'm handicapping some of the players this week because there's some leftover good golf, I think, that'll come out this week at RSM. Well, it was an incredible win for him. As you say, his third win in only 13 months. And he was flying straight to Florida to take part in the Brooks Kepka Foundation charity golf outing. And well, we had a little chat from the car. Uh, it was kind of crazy because I played a, a pretty solid uh, first round. I didn't play great. I didn't play bad. Birdie the last two. Um, but, you know, playing unreal golf on Friday and then getting up on Saturday and playing the exact opposite of that Yeah, I for eight holes or seven holes and then bogeying my first hole of the uh, third round on Saturday – it just was like, you know, it was one of those things that I was like, you know, what, I'm not playing that bad. It was just like I got into a little bit of a funk. Um, really didn't feel comfortable uh, because of the, you know, it was, it was freezing, you know, Saturday morning. But it, it was uh, not that bad because, uh, I, you know, my cousin had his third child kind of snapped me out of that funk and, you know, really didn't it really didn't set in that I played that bad. It was just like, you know, I did some stupid stuff, but it, you know, I didn't play as bad as what my, my score was. I mean, you know, thinking back uh, of playing eight over par uh, on eight holes in the middle of my tournament and then going on to win is it, kind of crazy, but that's the type of golf course this is. I mean, you know, the condition that, that we had uh, around the greens, not a lot of grass. And, you know, it was a ball strikers golf course, which was, you know, a dream for me. So, you know, going into that tournament, I knew nobody else was making as many birdies as I was. And, uh, you know, I just kind of tried to limit my mistakes. I <laughs> just tried to get it on the green. That's all I was trying to do. Yeah, we saw it. So let's go back to Sunday. You're on the range. What's the mindset? when you're getting ready to go on Sunday? Well, I mean, 
Sunday I had elk sitting on this little, uh, you know, uh, umbrella, you know, whatever stand uh, behind me, uh, warming up. I, I mean, I just kind of, you know, I, I don't, I, I tried not to worry about like the bad shots I was hitting on the, uh, on the range and just, you know, kind of go with the flow. I mean, I knew I was hitting it well. Uh, all I wanted to do was hit fairways and greens and let the, uh, the putter sock. And, uh, I did that. I mean, um, I rolled it really well on the front side, just didn't get anything to go. Um, and then on the backside, uh, I got that one to go on, uh, what, 13, uh, made a nice up and down on 12. But after that, I mean, uh, you know, I got a little bit of confidence and, uh, that was all I needed to, uh, to hit the ground running. The, the TV cameras were locked on you when you were on 18 green because there was a giant scoreboard right beside you and they were like, has he looked yet? Has he looked yet? And at that oh, point, yeah. then you had a three-shot lead. I didn't see yeah. you look, but D-Rob definitely did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, people. some people are scoreboard watchers and some people aren't. Uh, I'm definitely a scoreboard watcher. Yeah. I want to know what I have to do. And, uh, you know, if I need to make birdie, I, I want to have that mindset of make birdie. If, you know, it, you have to stay aggressive. And D-Rob said it coming down 18. I, he wants me to stay aggressive and, uh, you know, hit the right shots at the right time. I mean, you know, pick, pick good targets. But um, I definitely knew I had a two-shot lead going into 18, but I knew it was a reachable bar five on 16, mm-hmm. uh, a relatively short uh kind of weird 17th hole but uh a tough 18th hole if you if you miss the fairway so uh which played drastically different than the rest of the week i mean it played downwind as opposed to dead into the wind i mean i hit seven iron six iron five iron in the first couple days and then hit wedge in on sunday yeah so um really nice to be in the fairway on uh on 18 on on a sunday which is uh exponentially easier than uh if you're in the Yes, <laughs> that's a nice end to the day. And you you give D-Rob so much credit. I mean, you guys are such a great team and anything that you've got going on is just working so well. It's a really special relationship you guys have. Yeah, well, without a doubt. I mean, uh, I called him a couple of years ago. I remember the conversation I had. I was in my garage. Uh, I was still in, living in Charlotte and um, I called him. I was like, hey, I think we'd make a, a great team. He's a incredible green reader incredible around the greens um you know level-headed and one of those guys that uh the no moments too big and uh you know i think we uh, i always tell him and uh the the guys in my court even uh drew steckle i said you guys do all the thinking for me i'm just the trigger man and i'll pull i'll, I'll uh i'll pull the trigger okay well that's a very modest way to, <laughs> to look at it but there's been a lot of great memories and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come as well for you guys. But delighted. Third win on the PGA Tour. I remember being at the Valspar a few years ago and you almost got it done then. And I remember talking yeah. to you afterwards and um, and it was like, when is it going to happen? Like when is you're, you were so close so many times. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that like... Uh, you don't know uh, that you're going to do it until you actually do. And uh, I thought I was going to get it done at Dallas Bar. I thought I was going to get it done at uh, Riviera uh, when Bubba won. I mean, I, I've had my chances. I put myself in that position. And I've said it all along that, like, the more, more often you put yourself in that position, the better you're going to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, um, it's really nice to, to play good golf and, and to win 
uh, like I did uh, this week on Sunday. I mean, it's uh, it, it's a it, it's a good feeling to know that your your game can stack up against the best. Oh, Elk, amazing. And um, I think something that he really highlights a lot and we talked about there was the relationship with him and his caddy, D-Rob. And we've seen a real turnaround in Kokrak's putting over the past, well, 13 months since he got that win in Vegas. Um, And he said that it was something that D-Rob had suggested about his putting, a little comment that he took on right then and there. And the rest is history. Well, it was interesting in, in, the, in his presentation speech, we were on the 18th green when he got the trophy and he opened up with saying that he was he had no tournament victories without D-Rob. It's D-Rob, right? D-Rob? Uh-huh. Yeah. He has no <laughs> tournament victories without D-Rob. But Sam and I were talking to D-Rob because on the 17th hole, Diane, it's a sort of a layup par four. And then we were sort of we were figuring that it, he had one more shot that was really crucial and was going to be this, you know, second shot at 17. If Kokrak hits that over the water, we figured he'd two-putt that. Then the 18th hole with his length was plain downwind. We knew Kokrak would hit it 330 yards down the 18th, which he actually did. But it was very important to hit the second shot at 17. And we were talking to D-Rob Sam and I go, what took you guys so long to hit the shot at 17? And he said Jason wanted to hit eight iron and, and it was only about 135. It was into the wind. He wanted to make sure he got across the water. And I said, well, what were you telling him? He said, I didn't want him to hit an eight iron because he's going to make a lousy swing at a sort of a half eight iron. I wanted him to hit the nine. I kept telling him, you've got plenty of club. I want you to hit this 30 feet long left of the flag. You can hit it as hard as you want. There's a hill there that will bring it back. So as you just said there, um, he's given him a lot of confidence, given him a free swing at at a certain crucial time. So that was a very important shot that actually looked easy from where we were watching. but. When you got down to the story, the caddy was really the difference on that one. Yeah, and uh, there seemed to be nothing easy about Memorial Park Golf Course last week anyway. Right, so as we said, this week we're on to the RSM Classic. Two courses, Seaside Course and the Plantation Course. Elk, you know, you said it there that distance is not going to be a really important component of doing well this week. Last year, Robert Streb was the eventual winner, but it took a playoff with Kevin Kisner. And you look at the two of them, they are not long hitters. And I mean, I think when you look at the entire field for the week, Robert Streb was 112th in distance and Kisner was 114th. So that tells you what you need to know. Their really good stats last year were greens and regulation, scrambling, and putts per greens and reg. So that's the formula that we're going to be thinking about. Yeah, and it's not to say that a long hitter can't win at this course, but it's just sometimes, Diane, when you are a medium-range hitter like Kisner, like Streb, the course actually suits you better. In other words, when there's these dog leg holes, this is a sort of a, as you can see in the backdrop, there's a lot of sand, a lot of little dog legs, a lot of wind coming off the ocean there. A lot of these holes, it suits a shorter hitter because he can hit his driver. He doesn't have to worry about cutting the corner. He doesn't have to lay back. It just suits their their natural length of their game. And, you know, we've seen it, even though Kokrak won at Colonial in Fort Worth, that was a chance for short hitters to win on our tour. Corey Pavin, for example, some of these really short hitters that played throughout my era, they found the courses that they were best at. So we're, just, we're not saying that long hitters can't win at this one. We're just saying that it sort of suits a medium ranger. 
Yeah, and looking back, bogey avoidance is going to be a big stat this week. Robert Streb only had two bogeys last year and Kevin Kistner had one bogey throughout the entire week, which is crazy. So we on the Tour Report are going to give you our picks. Now we're going to break it down into our outright favourite, one to watch, and then our dark horse pick, all coming up for the RSM Classic. Get in the game on the SD Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier, based on the current world golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SD Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, it's the tour report for the final regular field tour event of 2021. Of course, this being the fall season and everything counts when the guys get underway in Hawaii in January. Right, Elk, so we're going to give our outright favourites for this week. Last week, you'd picked Mark Leishman for the Houston Open and it was a little bit out of left field to start, but man, he was in the mix pretty much the entire week. Yeah, I had him up to the house Saturday night and uh, he wasn't feeling 100%. He's got some sort of a, you know, head cold or something and his voice was scratchy, but he said, I feel fine. I just don't want to take any medicine. But I think in the end, it might have dragged him down a little bit on Sunday. His dad, of course, has been over with him for four months and we had a great night here on Saturday night, but at least played well. You know, the, co the course last week, and I'm going to bring it into my picks this week, only 10 under par won the, won the tournament, the Houston Open, Diane big drop-offs on each side of the greens. If you didn't hit the fairway, you you know, you had no chance of playing the hole. It was a very, very patient week. And the guys that played well last week, Diane, I am totally dragging them over to this week because this course is going to be a piece of cake compared to what they just got off in Houston. I'm doing the same for one of them and I'm preparing myself for the stick that you're going to give me. But... He's not one of my um, ones that we're going to talk about at the top of the show. So I will cross that bridge when we come to it. Right, we're going to start with our outright favourites. And um, my guy is, this is a little bit of a heart pick, only because I would love him to win. Oh, yeah, he's won in golf before, man. He's won the Open Championship, but he's never won on American soil, which is just crazy to me. But Louis Oosthuizen is back in action this week. I feel like we haven't seen him play for ages. And looking at his stats, looking at this course, he's okay, 25 to one. So he's definitely up there as one of the tournament favorites this week, but he's second in accuracy. Yeah, Louis is a long hitter. Um, we know that length isn't gonna be huge this week, but he's first on the tour in greens and reg and second in scrambling, putting averages, letting him down. But we know that that can occasionally be Louis's issue. But I think that it's all going to come together and the South African could be the winner of the RSM Classic. Well, I think I think it's true that you picked a little bit with your heart there, Diane. I mean, I, I always say, why is Louis playing? He had he won about five million dollars last year. Shouldn't be on that ranch that he just bought in Texas. Pushing no, some Florida. <laughs> shouldn't he be on it? Shouldn't he be on his ranch in Florida where he pushing some soil around or doing what you know South African farmers do? But, you know, 
no way I can blame you for picking Usausen. He's such a good player. He is looking for another win. I'm thinking about taking a player that also is looking for her, his first win, Diane. Scotty Scheffler, as I said, had a two-shot lead with eight holes to go yesterday at the Houston Open and let that slip away. He's never won on U.S. soil. Everybody speaks of Scotty Scheffler. He was on the Ryder Cup. They speak of him as he's a 10-time winner. Yeah. And he has a lot of a lot of goodwill with the media. So do you think that he's looking for one? You bet. He is really would like to have a win. So it's, it was a toss-up for me between him or Russell Henley. I followed Jason Duffin last week. I watched Henley up close. Very solid club face positions. Putts unreal. Gets on with the job. Doesn't take him long to play. I had to look hard against Henley, Diane, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna ride out Scheffler this week okay. because I think he was very disappointed with what happened to him yesterday. When I think about this course, just the, one of the first names that comes to my head is Russell Henley. But Scheffler, the, the interesting storyline from last week is that he opened with a 72 and then followed it up with a 62. And we know that we had weather and play wasn't getting finished and it kind of rolled into the next day. But that 10 shot difference between rounds one and round two, it's like he just had brain fuzz like shook his head, got in a different mindset, and then it was foot to the floor a couple of 69s over the weekend to finish in a tie for a second. You're right about Scheffler. He's been so close so many times and he's so young and early in his career, but he's so hungry for that win. Well, yeah, he got and he got beat fair and square yesterday. He, he was nine under playing the 10th hole yesterday. 10 under won the tournament, so he played the last... Nine one over, Kokrak played it four under. So, yeah, I mean, he got soundly beat on the back nine. But, yeah, and you're right about Henley. Uh, I was mostly impressed with his action. He, he hits the ball so straight. And the reason I like the guys that played well at Houston, Diane, is they've had to play patient all week. They had to play wide of the flag. Anyone that was impatient that tried to hit it, they went down these crazy slopes. They couldn't get up and down. People were saying that, you know, the course wasn't that in good shape. They couldn't get their wedges underneath the – but they shouldn't have been over there. And, and the guys that I watched that played well, they kept away from the trouble all day, very patient. So I'm looking for some of these guys to maybe explode, you know, sure. from the good play last week. Yeah, uh, he's a he's tournament favourite at 12-1. to 1. Alongside Webb Simpson – who always seems to... There's a few names that they always mention for this tournament. Webb is one, Kevin Kisner is the other. And uh, we see that Kiz lost in a playoff last year. He's 40 to 1, plus 4,000. Those odds are pretty good for Kevin Kisner as an outright winner too. Yeah, he won on a very similar course at Greensboro at the end. Was it this year, last year, whenever it was? A, it wasn't too long ago. It was a very similar golf course. Got to hit it straight. Got to hit greens, make a lot of putts. You know, it gets windy down there. So, as I said, a medium-range hitter really works well off the tee on these courses. It's a little bit wider for him because they don't have to hit the long ball right up into the bottlenecks of these little holes. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not looking at Kisner this week. Uh, I'm looking at Scheffler and uh, my other one. Russell Henley. And Russell Henley. 
Harris English is another name that's going to get banded about here a lot this week just for the pedigree of player he is. He lives in Sea Island too. Last year he finished with a 62 around here to really bump up that leaderboard and this week Harris English is 25 to 1. So again maybe a little bit of value in there as well. So we're looking at our outright winners. Hopefully that gives you a couple of ideas but now we're going to get into the action. Coming up next we have our ones to watch and those all important ever interesting dark horse picks play money grabber on the sg tour instead of strokes it's all about the cash you pick a team of four players one from each tier and scoring is based on the money that your team wins your guys miss the cut no problem you're still in the game the SD Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, we're on to our ones to watch for the RSM Classic here on the Tour Report. And Elk, have you got a good one for us this week with some good odds? Yeah, my one to watch is not uh, going to be anything earth shattering because I've been on this guy heavy for like the last six months. In fact, CBS Sports climbed all over this guy about two weeks after I started getting him back in the action. I knew this, of course, because he'd had a lot of injuries. He had problems driving the ball. He had problems putting. But Johnny Vegas uh, has been on my radar for a long time, had another good week yesterday. He's just I, – I spoke to him for five minutes yesterday, and I said, mate, you just look so – you know, so organized now, so calm. I watch where he, how he's playing the game, and he's just. He said, "Hey, okay, I'm just, I'm just calm. I feel good. You know, I'm, I'm over all my problems I had with my back. Uh, everything is just slowed down for me. So, I'm all over Johnny Vegas this week." Okay, um, I, I'm, this is completely off topic, but um, I just want to ask your opinion on this because as soon as you mentioned back issues, I was like, "Hold on a minute." Jason Day is playing this week at plus 8,000, finished 12th here last year. His numbers are not great. I mean, not the sort of numbers that you would associate with Jason Day in years gone by, but what do you make of him playing this week on a course that he performed well on last year? You know, Jason Day is really hard to handicap because he was such a hot player, so so playing so well. He's playing with Mark Leishman uh, in the Shark Shootout, and Leish... Um, and I were talking about that here at, at my fire pit at length the other night. Oh. And, he, and he said that Jason is injury prone, which we all know that. Mm -hmm. So you never can tell, you know, how fit he is when he plays. So it's very hard to handicap him. But I, I did. He was hitting balls next to Kokrak. So I did get to see his swing. He looks fine. Uh, everything's moving. Looks fine. You know, so. I just don't know. I don't know how to handicap Jason Day because he, he could throw a hammy and be out at any moment. <laughs> and Dave, there's a lot of guys who live in the area. I mentioned Harris English earlier, but Patton Kazire, Zach Johnson, they both finished top 10 last year. Brian Harmon, JT Poston, Keith Mitchell. I mean, there's a whole gang of these guys that play here you know, a lot on their off weeks and they play together and they have a lot of fun doing so. So it being a home event, I am definitely looking at Patton Kazire. You're going to laugh at me and I'm fully ready for it. It's okay. But over the weekend, Patton and his wife had a baby. <laughs> they had See? 
There it is. I know. I the intangible. You always do this. It always has something to do with a baby or a white pair of slacks or a nice haircut or something like that. It's, I know it's an obvious one, but what a lovely time for him. He's at home. They're going to have their family there. It's just nice. And I'm sure the escapism of playing the tournament is really going to be lovely for him too. He's 125 to 1. So, you know, he, yeah, he could definitely be a dark horse pick with those odds. But I'm putting him one to watch because he played really well here last year, finished in a tie for 10th. Four consistent rounds. So Patton Kazire at 125 to 1, I think, is one to watch. But the guy that I'm properly going for this week is Joel Damon. Coming off a fifth place finished last week in Houston. And you said at the top of the show, a really difficult course. So hopefully, in theory, coming to this course should be a little bit of a walk in the park. But Joel Damon's playing really good golf right now. And when we did our re-ranking based on stats and current form, he shot all the way up. So, I mean, he's 44th in accuracy, which we know is going to be good this week. And 38th, greens and reg. Um, you know, they're not mind-blowing stats, but that fifth place finish, um, he can really putt. And I think with that bogey avoidance and getting hot on the greens, sticking it close, Joel Damon is my one to watch at 66 to 1. Well, it's a good pick, and I, I like Patton's pick too. I remember I played my best golf the year my, my daughter was born in 1995, so I just cruised through the whole season, yeah. didn't think about anything. But <laughs> it works. <laughs> your point about Joel Damon, when, when you play a very hard, the reason I'm so heavy on the guys that played well at Houston, Diane, is when you, when you have to play to one side of the pin all day to play safe, that means you're so accurate to be able to – because to be able to hit it exactly where you want to, because if the pin is in the middle of the green and a guy hit it 25 right or 25 left, that's, that's one thing. But when you have to play a golf course like last week's course, and you have to be on one side of the course all day, mm -hmm. the guys who are playing swinging the best get to the top. So Damon will be fine. He can go ahead and hit it at the flag now because he's got room on both sides this week. So I, I like it. And in two of his rounds in Houston last week, he was over 72% greens and reg, you know, closed with a 65. So he can take that momentum into the RSM. So those are our ones to watch, a good couple of names. But now we're getting into the nitty gritty and our dark horse picks. Um, do you want to talk about yours from last week before I gloat about mine a little bit? But MJ Duffy was your diamond in the rough. <laughs> 350 to one, if I recall, or was it 450? 350. Don't get carried away now. Okay. I don't know where he finished, but he made the cut. I saw him play a hole the other day and I tipped my cap to him, even though he didn't see me tip my cap, knowing that he made the cut. But it was good to see, you know, it's always good to see a young guy coming up. You know, he this we talked about him last week, MJ qualified like six different times on Monday qualifying, got a spot last week, made the cut, played well on a hard course. I love that pick last week. He finished T64. It's so okay. It's okay. He made the cut, which is more it's than half the field did. Yeah. Um, my pick was Danny McCarthy, and he finished in a tie for 11th after a final round 64. That was a better pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was happy with that. So don't get mad at me, but I am shocked to see that Danny McCarthy is 125 to 1 again this week, which... 
his last two finishes, we've had a 15th and an 11th. So current form is great for him. 30th for greens in reg, 23rd in scrambling, two stats that we're looking at this week. And he still fits my dark horse criteria. So I know I'm going back to back, but how do I look past that? I think you better get this show produced and pushed it out the door because I think your guy has fallen through the proverbial crack of the Vegas betting because if if, he, if he's, what was he last week? 150 to one? I think he was. Either 150 or 125. He's not far off what he is this week. And he finished almost top 10. He's still that 125 to one and he played 11th at Houston. Yeah, I think Vegas has let this one slip through the crack. So I wish I was smart enough and quick enough to pick that Diane, but I'm going for a totally different animal this week. I'm going for the 2019 Guangzhou Open champion, which what? you've never heard of. That was in China. This young man who also played good last week. He's from Oklahoma. Uh, Max McCreevy. There's a name for you. 300 to one. Uh, Miss, you know, he's come through Corn Ferry. I'm not even sure if he's fully exempt. I think he did win a Corn Ferry event last year. 64th in Sanderson Farm, miscut, starting to trend his way up. But last week, Diane, two under par. Where did that finish? About top 20? Let me check. Two under par. Yeah, 19th, T19. Yeah, so he put a fair amount of cash in his pocket for a young guy, and he will be riding high going down to uh, Sea Island. Max McCreevy. 300 to one die. I'm just giving you names out of the, out of the left field every week. I'm, I think that's my new deal. <laughs> no, that's what we need. I mean, again, and we talk about it all the time for the SG tour golf gaming app. If you can get a guy that makes the cut, that's what you need in your team. Because if not, they're marked for what? A 10 over each day. An, uh, an 80. They're marked for an 80. If you don't get them in there. Yeah. I do have another name that I was looking at and I hovered over him and was like, oh, he's only 90 to one. So I can't do that. But then I remember that you did that a couple of weeks ago. So I'll give you a 90. Aaron Rye, I'm going to throw into the mix. Um, Again, good finishes. 19th at Houston, 15th the week before. His numbers aren't mind blowing, but his scrambling and his accuracy stats are are pretty good. So, I mean, above average. Um, And I think Aaron Rye could be one to watch this week. It's a good pick too. And you know, you're right about this week. It's the last kind of week on the tour. Guys are starting to think about what they're going to be doing in the next month or so. There's going to be a lot of impatience on this event this week. Guys who blow up early and can't make the cut, they're just going to check out. I've seen it a million times, played on tour for 30 years. The guys who are playing really well have a chance to get to the top real quick in an event like this. So I like guys that are coming off Houston playing well. And I've I've stacked all mine that way, Diane. I know you have a little bit except with Louis. And I don't know why Louis's there, but I still, you know, I still like your pick. And before we go, there's another name that I want to add into the mix. Robert Streb, who won last year, said that he beat Kevin Kisner in a playoff. Just finished seventh at Houston, finished ninth at the CJ Cup in Vegas not long before that. And he is 70 to 1 plus 7,000. 16th in scrambling, 9th in accuracy. We know those are his uh, strong stats from last year as well. So there you go, Robert Streb. There's good value there, hopefully. 
Vegas has lost lost it this week. We've got all good picks this week. Plays with a 10-figure grip. He played with Co-Crack, I think, on Saturday, which I know you spoke to Jason on the phone about him being eight six under for the round when, the, when they called doctors, and then he came back and had eight over for the last seven holes. And uh, Streb plays with a 10-finger grip, so he has a lot of wrist action. Sam saw him play two incredible bunker shots, and he goes, Ask me if he if, if I think Sam should play with a ten finger grip for bunker shots. So, <laughs> so he was impressed with Streb. And let's just throw one more into the mix. The guy that was leading the tournament for a long way opened with two sixty fives last week in Houston, and just a, a couple of bad holes just to finish up, dropping him into a tie for fifth. But Martin Trainer is three fifty to one this week. This week. This week. Well, you know, he had a bad run. The word on the tour was he'd had about 12 weeks without making a cut and then found himself with a one-shot lead or with with four or five holes to go. Mm-hmm. Finished up, uh, you know, very – that would be very nerve-wracking even for someone, you know, that hasn't made it any money for four months. Now he's got the – now he's got all the pressure of the world to try to win. He wants to make it – you know, all that. And, okay, he finished uh, – he still got out of it without being, you know, completely – chopped up so yeah he's not a 351 guy but there's there's another guy that probably play good again he's going to take advantage of that good form yeah for sure and i'm sure after all those miscuts he would have been extremely happy with a fifth place finish in houston saw him holding his wife's hand so i'm sure they were both happy when they were walking off the putting green last night nice right so let's get the games in on the sg tour golf gaming app because this might be the final chance we have in 2021 so download the app in the app store and then you're going to need to pick your four ball team so a guy from tier a b c and d and the four tiers are split up by the official world golf rankings you want to find four guys that are going to make the cut you're going to want to try and beat elk that's the name of the game that's the name of your game. Everybody, why does everyone want to beat me? I, I, I was last in everything this last week. So I, that. <laughs> I did not do well at all. Okay, well, this is your week for redemption then. Yeah. Right. Well, and also thank you to Jason Kokrak for catching up with us after his victory in Houston. We are going to we'll do a show for the QBE shootout, the shark shootout, where the guys play in teams. We know we're going to see Kokrak um, performing again. I think he's teamed up with Kevin now for that week. I think you're right. So that'll be fun. So we'll be back and we'll handicap that. But good luck with all your picks this week for the RSM Classic. Saturday is considered moving day, and you can play along on the SG Tour. It's a one-day stroke play competition where you select a team of four players to shoot the lowest scores of the day. Will you make big moves? Download the SG Tour golf gaming app on iOS now. Podcast Network.